DJ and PK, it's time to talk a little baseball with Mark Amicone, Salt Lake Bees team president and general manager. Mark joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Please visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Mark, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? We are doing well. We've been hearing all kinds of things about baseball, and we know as team president, GM, you are plugged in. You talk to major league people, you talk to other minor league people. Uh, you're part of obviously for people who are you know been in town for like three minutes and don't know the bees are owned by the Jazz, so you're you're tied into all of that, and uh, everybody's wondering what is up with sports, and specifically what is up with baseball. What do you know for sure? What do you probably know, and what do you suspect? Jump in anywhere you want, because you know way more than we do. <laughs> well, I would say what do we know for sure is we really don't know what we don't know. Um, you know, there's there's so many variables out there, and, and the discussions, um, you know, kind of uh, a lot of planning and a lot of thoughts and, you know, what ifs and what if that and what if this. And, you know, the, the discussion eventually just turns around and comes right back to, you know where are we at with the the health initiatives and and the guidelines and can we open and um you know and in our case from you know a, a relaxed guideline and reopening sort of thing it's um you know utah has to be open but in our case so does california and so does washington and so does nevada and texas and new mexico and you know the the different places we play um so the the you know the bottom line for us is when when is it safe uh to move around when is it safe to travel um and and in the in the case of minor league baseball especially uh, when is it safe to have fans come back to games um you know in in our business model it doesn't make sense really to have uh, minor league games without fans in the major leagues, they can do that. They have television, and not just from a revenue standpoint. One of the uh, things I'm kind of looking forward to with uh, major league baseball getting going and having games on TV is, is some activity and some hope and some excitement to say, "Hey, things are are happening and moving forward," and um, you know, fun to watch and do that. But at, at our level. You know, without fans, there's there's really uh, uh, not much for us to do in our home cities. I, I still, you know, I, they're not going to uh, completely not play minor league games and have minor league players in camp because I, you know, you just simply can't afford to, uh, if possible, to not have your or excuse me to have your players miss an entire year of, of development and practice and workouts and things is is really difficult so uh, i suspect we're going to see baseball um i'm really hoping sooner than later uh you know today's may 1st so um unfortunately <laughs> for us and i kind of chuckle at that a little bit we just finished the driest april and in our history here in Salt Lake, and uh, which is good weather for playing baseball, and unfortunately we did not have any games. Yeah, I thought about that, Mark, as I sat out in high school games with you in the 40s, uh, not the yep. uh, decade, but the temperatures. <laughs> I was going to say, in the, in the 1940s or in the temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, games that were played uh, where everybody's bundled up and there's literally snowflakes 
uh, falling down. And then sure enough, we have the driest April where the weather has been great. I actually thought about that because we basically had uh, late May, June weather, and there's been no baseball. And that, that sucks on all sorts of levels from the high school all the way up to your level and into the majors. You know, you talk, you hit on that, that thing that I thought was really key as far as we understand the economics, but also the development of these guys playing, not being able to play ball. So we've heard that big leagues, you know, discussion, have it in Phoenix or what have you. Has there been any discussion about that if the minor leagues cannot play? Because, as you say, you know, the California issue is different from the Utah issue. Has there been any talk about centralizing it? So at least get these guys some type of development. Well, that that's out there. Um, you know, whether it makes sense to put them at their own spring training sites in, in you know, Phoenix and, and, and Florida, especially, you know, from the major, from the organizational standpoint, all of their players are used to being there. They go there for training camp. They have the facilities. Could they all get together and play games there? That you know, I mean, every facility has um, eight or twelve backfields. We call them where they can uh, can actually play and and have players on site as well as the medical staff and workout facilities and those kind of things. So, you know, I think that might be more feasible than, let's say, let's say Utah's in good shape and they decide to send some players here and, you know, we could play in Salt Lake and Orem and Ogden and those kind of things. Uh, I, I think the logistics of that are, are much more difficult than playing in their own in their own facilities. But uh, they're, they're definitely going to do all we possibly can to make sure uh, the players do get get workouts because you know i mean even at that level it, it becomes such your it may be even more important at that level and even the lower levels because it becomes such a routine of every single day you're doing this and you're playing games and you're in this routine and and when that goes away it takes quite a bit to get yourself back to what you would consider playing at at a specific level. So uh, anything they can do or we can do as a as an industry to have the players play um, and work out and get their reps in is very important for the 2021 season. I, I mean, when 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 21 opens up, um, if we for some reason can't get things going this year. They still need to have those workouts, and I, and I suspect again, uh, especially at the major league level, they're going to do everything feasibly possible to play, even if it ends up going into uh, November or even later, because you know they again at that level they have an advantage of uh, being able to play in some warm weather neutral sites and and those kind of things. But uh, I'm intrigued by some of the models. You know, we've looked at the the, the Arizona Florida model, and then. The, latest um the latest plan of possibly restructuring into three separate divisions and you know doing a regional thing where the team there's teams in the west and then the midwest and then in the east uh and playing in their own stadiums i think there's some logic to that so um but we'll see i mean you know the big uh, the biggest and, and most critical part of the whole scenario again is back to what can we do from a health and safety and medical standpoint? Or, you know, do we have the testing available? Do we have treatment available? Uh, you know, when are when are players and staff going to be 
safe to go do those things. And, you know, and then the next important part of that is when, when can we allow fans to, to come? And, you know, and we may be in a situation where, uh, in our case, I mean, maybe the capacity of our stadium is not 15,000 because of some health and social distancing guidelines and things. Maybe the, maybe our capacity becomes, uh, much less than that and we, uh, strategically allow people to sit in, in different places in the ballpark. And, you know, even that would be a, a major step forward and an exciting thing for us to have happen. It would be a major step forward, and it would be exciting, but it would also impact the bottom line because you get some pretty good crowds out there. I mean, your fireworks crowds are just massive. But, you know, even when the summer gets going, it's not unusual to see seven to 10,000 people out there. And when you start talking social distancing, I was wondering if you would lose, you know, like two-thirds of your capacity right away. And what does that do from a, a business perspective if you can only have four or 5,000 people in the park? Well, I think obviously the the lesser number that we we could make impacts that, but um, you know, but four or five thousand is a whole lot better than zero, and and you know, so from an economic business standpoint, if we can start moving ahead and putting putting fans in the in the seats and and being able to do a, a quality food service situation for for those that do come. Uh, obviously, that really helps our economics. But, you know, I, I also see us as uh, an instrument to do something else and something better for the community. I mean, for heaven's sakes, all of a sudden we can go to a ball game. How cool would that be? How nice would that be to get outside, um, see a ball game, be together, even if it's social distanced by by six or eight or 10 or 12 feet, whatever it may be, in small groups and, and those kind of things. That's just such a, a shot in the arm for for us um, as you know as a community to be able to come back out and you know hey yeah let's do a fireworks show and and whether we can get you know fifteen thousand people again or not those that are there and those that can see it from around the community it, it sends a great message and it allows us to to you know pull up our boots and kind of get get moving again. Can you speak to those stories that have been out there where they're talking about eliminating some minor league teams, what that is all about? Well, that, you know, that's there's been 8 million different rumors and and you know, obviously the the health situation has has impacted the the opportunity to have uh, continued talks and negotiations and you know i i I suspect that we're still going to have uh a a resolution that makes sense and you know again with what's happening right now it's just really slowed down the uh the opportunity to you know to get together and meet and negotiate but um it's you know from a purely baseball standpoint uh, it's player development player welfare those kind of things do we play a little bit more regionally and 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 you know have a few more days off during the season and those kind of things so i think uh, those the, that's all out there what kind of uh, how good is our facility to take care of the players and uh, but you know right now that's also taken a, a bit of a backseat to to getting baseball going again you you mentioned the whole three division, ten teams each concept with everyone pretty much aligned by time zone. 
But I'm intrigued by that because there's only eight teams in the Pacific and Mountain time zones. You get to 10 for what would, I guess, be the Western Division if you put Houston and Texas in there. But that's a two-hour shift on the starting time. I think a lot of people would not be in favor of that. It would be more lucrative if, say, Portland and Vegas got Major League Baseball and there were 10 teams in these time zones. How likely the major leagues to Portland and Vegas, obviously that would impact you guys a little bit. I, you know, I, I'd like to, uh, I think it'd be more fun if Vegas and Salt Lake got, uh, yeah, I think uh, right. major league baseball <laughs> at some point that, you know, that, that'd, that'd make the 10, 10 team situation a lot more fun out this way, I think. But, um, you know, that, that's the other thing that's, that's being discussed is, you know, is, is this kind of speeding up the possible possibility of expansion, um, you know, with the the revenues that have been lost and and things this year with with the delay in the season and who knows where it goes is you know expansion fees and things like that can add some money back into the uh, back into the coffers for Major League Baseball and you know let's say they expand by two and and they happen to take you know I mean the, the cities I'm here and. Uh, more so, or and this doesn't solve the east-west kind of thing. But but I'm here in Las Vegas. I'm here in Charlotte. Hmm. Um, Nashville has kind of come up a couple of times, but but Las Vegas and Charlotte, and you know, and then Las Vegas has really become quite you know the uh, the major league city recently. And um, but if that happens and they add two, and that takes away. You know, in our case, two AAA cities. You know, then all of a sudden you got to add four AAA cities because, um, you know, you'd have to make up for the two you lost, and then the two additional teams would would need a city because each each major major league club has to have an affiliate. So now there would be thirty two, and um, so it kind of intrigues us with, you know, where would where would we have more AAA cities? But um, you know, I, I think that that most current uh, immediate. Uh, time frame, yeah, I think Houston and uh, and, the, and the Rangers would end up out this direction. You, you touched on Vegas becoming a major league city. Why is that? It used to be that they were pariah and you couldn't be associated with them, and now it seems like everything is lining up, pointing in that direction. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that because I've thought about that and had discussions about that quite a bit. Because from a sporting event standpoint. Um, Holy cow! We we really wanted to shy away from uh, from Las Vegas and from the uh, you know the open gambling in Nevada and those kind of things. And you know it, it's really changed over the years. I mean, you know, PK, you and I, well, and DJ, when you were, uh, I'm much really, younger. Really leave me out of it. Chasing, yeah, there you are. <laughs> but but chase, you know, but chasing the conference basketball tournaments. I oh, remember yeah. when, yeah. you know, the, even back to the the whack and then the Mountain West and. Uh, the development of those conferences and the Pac-12 tournaments uh, being in Las Vegas and now the Raiders going there and uh, the NHL is there and and, uh, the NBA Summer League and some of those kind of things. It's really become, uh, you know, I don't know if if the society norms have changed a little bit in terms of why we were afraid of Las Vegas, but Las Vegas has also grown an awful lot. I mean, I, I remember going 
down there and, and Henderson was kind of like, okay, it's grown and we're going out that direction. Well, now my heavens, you go way out west and, and, you know, Summerlin and, uh, and, and southwest is grown all the way to the mountains. So, you know, it's become a big city. It's a, it's a bigger city, I should say. The weather is, is generally good. Um, you know, and the people that are there, um, understand about spending entertainment dollars and things like that. So, um, but, uh, but obviously I think our, our, uh, our attitudes towards, um, sports being in Las Vegas has, has changed quite a bit. I think a lot of it's technology, Mark, this phone I'm holding right now, I can gamble on that. I don't have to go to Vegas. And the sad thing is, I'm not that much younger than you. And so we all remember in our 20s and our 30s, you had to go to Vegas to gamble, and you don't. You just have to take your phone out of your pocket if that's what you want to do. Well, I'm not even smart enough to barely know how to use it as a telephone. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know how all the, all the other things work on our, on our phone. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, everything we do now is, is immediate. It's in our hands. It's, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I watched a TV commercial this morning where they said your next computer is not going to be a computer. It's going to be, you know, a tablet of some sort. And you think, wow, I remember when I, the very first time I, I got an iPad or whatever. And wow, this is, this is cool, but it really can't do what my computer does. Well, yeah, we, we are in a different, different situation now. And, and, you know, you go to the ballpark and even being at the ball game and sitting there with your, with your phone and doing all the interaction with that game you're, you're specifically watching and, and all the other games that are going on that night, it, it's really changed how we, how we, uh, how we watch and how we interact with, with professional sports. How much do you actually just literally just miss the game itself? Oh, I miss so much about it. It's, it's, you know, the game itself. We're talking about players, and in fact, we're doing a little historical thing right now. Uh, Steve Clowkey wrote this uh, thing along with uh, some some people from the city as we're we're looking at future development around the ballpark and doing some things there, perhaps a museum and stuff like that, where or a walk of fame outside that reflects the history of of the game and you start looking about and, and looking back about uh, and this is way before me but the the uh, push him up Tony Lazari in in Utah baseball history and Herm Franks being here and you know many of the players that have been here over the years and you start to reminisce about the game itself and the players that are here and the fun of of watching the game but I just miss being at the ballpark. I miss, you know, during a game I, and walking around and, and watching the families and the, and the buddies that are there just hanging out and having a good time. It's, it's, it's such a great atmosphere that, that, that um, yeah, I, I'm missing that dramatically. It, it, it really hurts. Mark, I know when I go to the ballpark the next time, I'm going to see you out on the train with your knees all scrunched up, aren't I? You're just going to be doing laps going back and forth. Well, you know what? I unfortunately for me, my knees don't have to be scrunched up very much because I'm <laughs> I'm not all that tall. But uh, uh, yeah, I've had occasion to to drive that little train around and and ride in it, and so I know how to get in and out of it. I've I, I actually 
uh, had had one or two opportunities to drive the lawnmower and, and mow the grass. And after about two stripes, the groundskeeper made me get off because I couldn't go straight. So, um, yeah, you're, you're going to see me doing lots of different things at the ballpark. I can't wait to get back there. Well, Mark, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. Thanks for coming on and uh, talking a little baseball. And we'll just leave it right where we started with uh, no guarantees. You don't know what you don't know, and you're not going to guess at what you don't know. Exactly. But we, we will be back. We do know we will be back. Um, just just not sure when, and I can't wait to see you guys out there. And uh, uh, I'll buy you a hot dog when you get over that way. We, we appreciate it, Mark. Thanks a lot. You bet. Thanks.